play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot cope with him. Can't do it. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Maligno. I'm joined by someone who is about as inconsistent as they come. One season he hates Josh Jacobs, the next season he loves him. He's crazy for a new player this week, hates him next week. His name is Josh Crocker. How's man, life, Josh? That's what it is to be to be a fantasy football diehard, man. That's that's the life. No, you're not living that life. I just I'm sorry. No, you're the you're the worst. All right, to balance out Josh's erratic behavior. We have a special guest who's actually known for his consistency. He's got a, a special ability, unlike Josh. Um, we've had enough of Josh's <laughs> ramblings, and so we need to find someone to kind of balance this guy out. So for three years in a row, his guy was nominated Best Fantasy Publication by Fantasy Sports Writers of America. He's the creator of the Consistency Guide and first-time guest of the Clock Dodgers podcast. Welcome, Bob Lung. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to be on. First time here. Um Always looking forward to, you know, talking to some new people and some new people talking about consistency in fantasy football. And here we are and living in this unique world that we're all in. And uh, it's uh, quite, quite crazy, but this makes it all kind of fun and gives us something to do. Yeah, it's definitely strange times for sure. So uh, we're all adjusting as we can. Right. But, you know, so so with, you know, rather than throw our guests straight into the fire, we always have these warm up questions first. Um, some, cool. you know, just, they're just easy, get to know you, create some context, yeah, sure. you know, type of questions. So after that, we'll turn the heat up, but just for All now, right. let's create some context. Um, us three, obviously understand the guide. We've looked over it. You wrote it. So you have a good idea, but let's Please. give a description for people who maybe haven't ordered it yet. Haven't had their hands on it yet. Um, what's it just a, a brief description of how you would describe what you're doing and why they, they need it. Well, basically anybody who has played fantasy football for at least probably a year or two, you know, you're, even if you just got into it, you probably have already seen this situation where your team may have scored in the top five in total fantasy points for the year and you don't make the playoffs. Or you got guys that just drive you crazy because one week they're scoring 30 points uh, and next week they're scoring 30, Mike Evans, or <laughs> zero. Um, you know, so – those are the kind of guys it's that scenario that people forget about this one little aspect of fantasy football called consistency. And if you've ever been in those situations, you know what I'm talking about because you've been burned by the inconsistent players or your inconsistent team that just every year seems to be really high scoring, but doesn't seem to win games. And you write it off as luck. You're like, Oh, I'm just the unluckiest player ever. Sometimes that is it. A lot of times it's not. And that's what I tell people is get the guide, read it, understand it, use it as a, another tool in your arsenal. I always say I'm the French fries to the happy meal, right? You know, go, go get your big site, whether it's fantasy alarm or ESPN or wherever you get your big stats and your big numbers, your magazine or whatever, but buy this guide and then kind of keep them side by side. So when you start doing your draft rankings, as you get closer each, each year, you know, when you got that decision of, man, I don't know, I'm kind of torn between, you know, Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. Um, Aaron Jones was second in total points, but his consistency was way below Chubb. So maybe Chubb is a better value. So that's the kind of stuff you use it for is kind of separating those players 
um, that you think are close in value and may not be because of the consistency or inconsistency of the players. That's what the guide is there for is to help you and get you through it. And so that's what I started writing it about four years ago. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's a good point. So four years ago, you started writing and I wanted to ask you like, what was your initial motivation to write it? Was it just, you know, you yourself having, you know, issues that you were being burned on in- inconsistent guys? Was it just a hole you seen in the market and you're like, you know, this needs to be done. Like what made you, motiv- <laughs> you know, to get this? Well, the funny thing is, so I've been playing fantasy football since 1985. Wow. Okay. So four years is pretty recent then. <laughs> yeah. So I started playing in 85. 2002 was the light bulb moment when I was, I was that guy. I was scoring lots of points and my team wasn't winning. It was 500. And the year that the consistency model came to my brain was, was 2002. And I had Sean Alexander on my team. It's a touchdown-only league, which is our the one we started in 85. And he was the league MVP, and he rushed for 15 touchdowns. My team went 7-7, seven and seven and we didn't make the playoffs. Wow. And the reason why was is that of those 15 touchdowns, Sean Alexander scored five of them in one game on a Monday night. That one week he had three, and another week he had two. So two-thirds of his touchdowns were scored in three out of the first 14 games. Wow. If he would have scored one touchdown a week through those first 14 weeks, I would have won two more games, made the playoffs, won the championship. And I'm like, hmm, if that applies in this realm, I bet this could apply in PPR leagues. This apply to all positions. I should look into this. Well, my real job during the day is I'm a CPA. I'm a, an accountant. So obviously I like kind of like numbers. <laughs> so I started crunching them and then got into some – with some friends that are into programming and databases and all that stuff. And basically long story short, you know, I came to putting this all together to create this information that I could look at these trends and you could put in your own scoring method and figure who out the most consistent players were by position based on your league and not just, well, this is what this guy says. Um, So I created that the book came along, the guide came along as since 2002 and i was writing so since you know for the last 18 years um, prior to four years ago i was writing for at least one or two magazines every year and i would just write an article about consistency and some players i you know undervalued and that kind of stuff right well i i would question these guys who had these magazines and they had these player profiles and i said hey guys can i add my consistency data to the player profiles you know, p- put it in somewhere. Well, they all said no because it would take up too much room. So that's when I learned back then that, hey, you know what? You can self-publish on Amazon. And so I did. And so I created my book and I put it out there. First year sold like 65 copies. I was pretty excited. I probably gave away 50 out of the 65. I think I bought <laughs> most of them. Um, but people liked it, thought it was kind of cool. Okay. And so long story short, over the last four years, it's grown to three, 4,000 distributed wow. and sold. Um, and like you said, nominated three years in a row for best publication. 2018, I won the actual award. Uh, so all of a sudden, you know, quote, I've had overnight success. And so, um, you know, it's just one of those things that I love doing. I love putting it out. I love when people thank me for helping them getting to the playoffs and they've never made it before. And, you know, or they were dead last last year and made it to the finals or won their championship. And so, you know, it's just getting those things that just help. Plus 
I do it for me. Right. I mean, I'm playing in 25 leagues, you know, I'm invited in all these expert leagues and I create expert leagues and I do the Kings classic here in Canton. And, you know, so now I'm competing against the best and the best. And, you know, so obviously I'm doing it for me just as much as I do it for others, but it's just great to be able to share the knowledge and, you know, be a, you know, uh, I started a little early, so I always tell people I kind of beat the curve and, you know, having this out there and creating this, but, you know, it allowed me to basically put out something that nobody else was doing at the extent that I'm doing it. So right. that's always been kind of my goal and it's worked out well. Yeah. It's very cool. As far as, you know, you had mentioned earlier, you know, your own leagues, but you had said, you know, for, for someone to get this and, and use it with combining with their other tools that they're using, do you personally in your own, in your own leagues only use your consistency guide or are you using a bunch of other resources as well? Like how much do you depend on it as far as that goes? All right. I'm not going to lie. I could lie and say, <laughs> of course I use other people. I don't. Um, and I think it's only because, when, when you put something like this together, you're doing so much research of gathering this data right. that it's almost like, you know, it's all inside your head. So I know who I like, who I don't like, what's their ADP, where they're at. Um, I, I know the stats because I have them all in front of me. So I don't need to go to a site to get those stats right. and get those undervalued players because the way I undervalue players is based on their consistency versus their ADP, not necessarily their you know, their projected points. Right. Um, and that's the difference too. So yes, I only use the book and in, in my own stuff, but I've also been ingrained with it for 18 years. So no, it's yeah. kind of hard not to. Yeah, no, it's cool. That's like, you know, <laughs> chef eating his own food. Like it's, you know, it's important right. to, to yeah. see you doing right. it. So yeah. I appreciate that. Um, do you ever get any kind of pushback? Like any kind of doubters, anyone? I mean, obviously, yeah. obviously people get upset if you give advice that happens to anybody, but like, do you get any general, like, you know, hard pushback from anybody? Like, you know, I don't like I, this. I've, I've had a few trolls uh, over my time. Um, I'll, I'll tell two quick stories. My third year of doing this, I was writing for a site that wasn't really super well known. Um, it was called uh, uh, oh, shoot. I went brain dead. <laughs> you don't uh, even know. It was it was <laughs> ran by Laura, Laura Michaels. Oh, um, creativesports.com. Okay. Uh, if you if you're in the fantasy baseball world, Laura Michaels is kind of like a a, you know, Hall of Famer in the fantasy baseball role. Anyway, Lars was doing this and I wrote for the football side and they loved my consistency stuff. Um, and it was on their website. And all of a sudden, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of big sites back then, back in, you know, early 2000. But mm -hmm. basically there's like Roto-Wire and ESPN and some of those other ones. Well, some young kid literally stole my article from our creative sports site, posted it on Roto-Wire, Word for word. Wow. And she, and just all he did was put his name in and I just happened to come across it. And, you know, I'm like, wait a minute. That's, you know, I'm like, at first when I saw the article about consistency, I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. Somebody else is writing it. That's neat. Right. Oh, wait a minute. That's mine. <laughs> and so, yeah, I told my publisher and he reached out to the publisher, wrote a wire and they apologized and they took it down. They fired the kid. Um, so that was the first time I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I guess that is, you know, somebody's catching on. Right. Um, and then the, the other time was a few years ago, somebody wrote an article said that it was, the article was basically that consistency was completely worthless and had nothing to do with fantasy football. Like there, there was silly that people even talk about it. There's no such thing. And all he based it on was three of the leagues that he played in with his friends. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay. And he actually got into it with me on Twitter for a little bit. 
And I just said, dude, look, I, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, if you think that's true, then fine. Then run with it. I, yeah. I, I have a trophy sitting here on my table that says I have the best fancy magazine in the country that's all based <laughs> on it. So uh, that's pretty cool. If you believe that, that's fine. And that's what I, you know. And so that's what, that's what, you know, and most of the time you don't get that in our industry. That's what's kind of cool about our industry. You know, nobody really gets crappy with each other about that kind of stuff. You know, you're, what you're writing about, what you're promoting on your podcast, you know, whether it's Mike Clay, Brad Evans, myself, you guys, whoever. Right. There's no egos. Right. You know, we all love what we're doing. Some of these guys are doing this for their job and God bless them that they are. Um, but I've met them all. We, they all come to Canton for our big Kings classic draft, all the experts and we all draft together, you know, every year. And these guys are super nice and cool as I hope you guys think I am. And as I think you are, right. Um, you know, and that's, what's great. Every once in a while, you'll get some troll out there that are come after you. I don't get it as much, but then again, I only have like, I don't even have 6,000 followers on Twitter. So, you know, I'm not the guy that has a hundred or, you know, hundred thousand or 200,000, like, you know, Brad Evans or Bob Harris or some of those guys, you know, I know that they get beat down constantly. Right. You know, and that's what somebody said. They said, you know, you've made it to the big time when you get that. Well, <laughs> yeah. I hope I don't, I hope I never make it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely agree I, on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I haven't had too many, I've had a few, but I usually don't, I just don't argue with them. I just, that's your opinion. Good yeah. for you. Part of it's your response moving. is probably why you don't get as much of them. <laughs> yeah. If you entertain right. it more. I just know? don't respond. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, one more, one more question before we move on to some football. Okay. Um, all aspects considered, like everything from any any way you want to look at it, what's like your biggest surprise or something you've learned since writing the guide? Like just it could be anything. It could be something you wrote, something you discovered, something um, about people from consuming it. Like what what is something you learned from it? You know, I think – Wow, that's a really good question. I've really never thought about that. Um, I think the greatest satisfaction, I have to believe that the greatest satisfaction I get from this book is those emails and people who, who take the time to say thanks. Um, you know, selling so many books is nice, and that's nice, and I make money off of it, and, and that that's cool. Um, but, you know, the thing I've always felt was, if somebody wins their league and that makes them $200 and they got to go out and buy something for their wife or their kids that they couldn't have bought, you know, all of that is, it's the pain forward, you know, because somebody's helped me, you know, play fantasy football and somebody's helped me create these tools and, you know, with, with their talent, um, you know, we're all working together for the same cause. Right. Um, you know, that's the thing I think is just always meant the most to me is, just that pat on the back. Thanks so much. And, you know, I give away a ton of copies every year too, just for fun, right. you know, just so people get it and read it and get something new, but, um, you know, um, getting those thank yous and, and getting that. And, and just like I said, the overall night niceness and camaraderie of this community. Um, I think that's what makes it all, you know, a, a really neat part of this. And I never would have expected that, you know, when, when I first started writing and I was, I was always worried about all these big boys. They're never going to want to talk to me. They're not going to want to come to Canton, Ohio and play in a fantasy league with me. Who am I? I'm Bob Lung from Canton, Ohio, you know? Um, 
you know, Mike Clay and, you know, but they've all been super nice and we're really excited when I came up with the idea and they all came and we've done it now for two straight years. Not sure it's going to pull off this year. We'll see, but <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, just the, the lack of egos, you know, there's a couple out there that I'm not a big fan of that have proven myself, proven me wrong. There's, but there's not too many. Right now. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely all kinds of personalities for sure. Um, yeah, hopefully this still happens, man. We'll see what happens with this Corona mm-hmm. stuff, but we'll see. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into uh, some football stuff here. So we, we kind of break our show into some segments. If you guys aren't familiar, if anyone's not familiar, um, our first uh, segment that we're going to hit here is trust issues. Um, we have two of them today. Um, the first one, basically I'm going to throw at you the, a statement or players, and you're going to let okay. me know whether you trust them or if you have trust issues with trust issues with them. Um, okay. So the first two we have here are uh, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller avoiding long season injuries. Do you have trust issues with that, Bob, or do you trust it? Um, I definitely have trust issues because they haven't proven themselves yet. I mean, Cooks may have the better scenario, but with the last, you know, the four concussions he's had over the last couple of years just scares the crap out of me. I mean, how can it not? Will Fuller, I mean, he's going to pull a groin sneezing in the preseason <laughs> and he'll be done. Um, no, I take that back. It won't be preseason. It'll be after he scores like 75 points in one game. <laughs> and everybody is going to sell their farm for him in trades. And then he won't do anything the rest of the year. Um, they won't. Neither one of those guys will be on my team. I, I Cooks might have a shot if his value is decent, but I'm afraid that it's going to move up into the top 36 and I'm not sure I'm ready to put him in the top 36, even though he's playing with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I'm with you as far as the trust issues. And I think it's interesting that we see a team. I mean, the Texans obviously are not uh, being heralded for their moves as of late, but it's, it's interesting that they even decided to go this route, right? Like put these guys together. Yeah. I mean, basically (laughs) I always love the meme where they have the three Spider-Mans pointing at each other. To me, that's Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills. <laughs> like, Kiki, can be any of them. Yeah, uh, I mean, any of those guys. In fact, I think the best value for the Texans right now is Randall Cobb coming out of the slot. It I mean, it's an interesting nobody's one. Gonna, nobody's going to take that spot from him. That's his spot. And so I think, you know, with these guys running all over the field, I think he'll get a lot of underneath looks. Um, I think he could have some value there. Yeah, they really changed up their offense a little bit with those, or at least their wide receiver group. Josh, what do you feel, man? You trust these guys? Trust issues? How you feeling? I mean, it's hard to say that I trust both of them, but Brandon Cooks played five seasons in a row where he started six or he played in sixteen games, mm-hmm. and then I mean, the concussions have piled up. That's definitely that's definitely a real thing, and it's also the sort of thing where it just is like a light switch happens one time, and he might be done for the season. So that's really scary. I would just say, like, I think Brandon Cooks has more potential to play a full season because his issue is, like, just almost you roll a dice. And sometimes it comes up, you know, a big hit. Right. Where Wolf Fuller's, like, adds up over the season. He's The more games he plays, I feel like the more stress he's putting on, you know, the, the same sort of injuries he's had over and over again. So I don't I don't really trust either one of them, but I would really like to see Brandon Cooks pull it off. Yeah, and maybe maybe the Texans can show Will Fuller to the playoffs for those fancy playoffs, and then yeah, I think if there. if Brandon <laughs> Cooks is healthy, which is a big if, I think he has a shot at being a top twenty four wide receiver. Interesting. I mean, he's done it. Yeah, yeah, he's done it. I mean. You know, if you go back to 2018, 2017, he was 13th and 15th in total points and 23rd and 26th in consistency. 
you know, so as long as you're not having to draft him as your wide receiver, early wide receiver two, if you get him as a, as a three, I think that's some good value. Um, and then if he stays healthy, you're in good shape. Like you said, prior to the you know, last couple of years, um, you know, he actually was, you know, pretty durable, but the concussions just scares people and, um, you know, how the Texans are going to use him. You know, if they use him exactly like Deshaun Watson used DeAndre Hopkins, then we're all, we're all, we're all in. Right. Yeah. Um, but we yeah, just I don't, don't know. I mean, cooks can do that. I don't think he'll ever be that kind of a guy, but, but what he was, was, was a very good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I almost, I almost wonder like, at this point, if a guy tears his ACL, I almost feel better than he him having concussions. Like it's just, I don't know, man. Concussions are super scary. It's just a weird thing. So um, it's just a random roll of the dice, and yeah. like if you get hit so hard, you have one. Right. Yeah, it's weird. All right. So we so we we all agree that there's trust issues here, but we do see some upside, especially in Cooks, if things mm-hmm. play out well. And Will Fuller, we all expect to have a game or two, but we don't know how long it'll last. Um, the next group that we have here for trust issues and the last one is um, Austin Hooper and David Njuku can both be productive fantasy players. Trust or trust issues, Bob? The Joku, definitely not. Austin Hooper, I'm just not sure. You know, what scares me the most right now, and I, I'm from the Cleveland area, so I'm from Canton, Ohio. So I've been a Brown fan my whole life. And what scares me the most about this situation is Stefanski is coming in here and basically making this team into the Cleveland Vikings. <laughs> you know, funny. if you look at the players he's picked, the people he's putting in place, they're getting linemen. Um, they've got two really good running backs in, in Chubb and, and Hunt. Um, you now have two tight ends to put on the line. So you've got Hooper and you've got, you know, Nichoku. You've got two very good wide receivers, which they had in Minnesota. But yet, what did their offense do last year with all those uh, talent that they had in Minnesota? Not that much. Basically, Dalvin Cook was yeah, the star, ran, ran and the ball till they could. you know the tight the tight ends practically disappeared most games. Even though they had Irv Smith and and Rudolph, who were both pretty good, and I would say be pr- comparable to Hooper and them. So, I'm a little scared about the whole thing. First off, I thought it was stupid that we paid him that much money. If you wanted a second tight end, go get. Uh, Ian Thomas, go get, go, go. Why are you paying this guy that much money? You better use him. Right. And so, so from the amount you paid them, you kind of look at it and go, well, why would they pay him that much money and not use him? Okay. I agree with that. All right. Let's go to Odell Beckham Jr. Why did you pay him that much money and never use him? Um, so it's the Browns just always seem to screw up everything. And I know I've lived here all my life. Um, <laughs> So if you can screw up Odell Beckham and not make him into a star and struggle offensively, you're probably going to screw up this tight end situation too. Um, I just don't see Hooper being that valuable. And, you know, right now his ADP is, you know, obviously tight end, probably top eight, if not top 10 for sure. Mm -hmm, Um, sure. And I just don't see, I don't see it happening. I hope I'm wrong. I always want to be wrong as a Browns fan get it wrong for fantasy, but it's right for football. Um, that helps me as a Browns fan. doesn't help my fantasy, but I also normally don't draft any Browns players anyway, because that way I don't have to, I don't have to be double pained. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I don't I, have to have double heartbreak. I suffer that a lot. So I know what you mean. 
um as a raiders fan i do the same i do yeah. it all the time um so yeah so it doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement for you there's definitely trust issues um there's trust yeah. <laughs> josh are you with him here are you got some trust issues or i mean it, you know obviously it sounds like bob trusts austin cooper more if he has to trust somebody but how do you feel about these guys josh you just totally bailing on them do you do you have some hope for one or the other or what's the situation for you well i think that austin hooper is uh, like an above average tight end i think that him getting 97 targets was not just a product of the falcons or some scheme or anything else like that. i think that he is a, a good player and so i think that he has the inside track on being the tight end one in Cleveland. But I would also say that the most likely scenario I think is that Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry dominate that offense. And we might just see Njoku and Hooper do something like what Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph did, which was 50 targets apiece. Yeah. Right. That's a fear. So they just I, eat each other. Yeah. I mean, maybe Austin Hooper's able to get, you know, like the, of the bigger share but with Odell and Jarvis there, I just don't see a lot of room for like a, a top five tight end. Right. And I think he'll get more shares without question. But I think if you look at this from a fantasy standpoint, his ADP is tight end six, fifth, sixth round. Well, so is Evan Smith or uh, so is Evan Ingram's and Hunter Henry. Well, if you had to pick between those three guys, I Hooper's dead last yeah, in every scenario. Sure. Yeah. It's not even close. So from a fantasy standpoint, there's just no way Hooper's going to be on my team unless he's going to go in like the 10th round. So I think value-wise, I, I just can't take either one of them. Even Najoku probably will go in the 12th round. He didn't do anything when he was healthy in the past. I don't see it helping out much. But Yeah. Then you got the red zone opportunities maybe for one or the other, but Chubb's there and right. Hunt, and it's just – Chubb's there. Hunt's coming out of the backfield. You got Beckham. You got Landry. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many – I think it's good for. I think the Browns as a team. It's good for you. Be better, but I don't. If you're looking at it from a fantasy standpoint, I don't think that that tight end situation is is going to be that great. Yeah. So we all have yeah. trust issues from a fantasy perspective. It could be real football yeah. good though. Um. So that's interesting. All right. Let's move over to rank them. We have two groups here as well. Um. So we're just going to rank these guys in order of who you like the most to worst. Um. So we have uh, three choices here at running back. We have Daryl Henderson. Carry on Johnson and Kareem Hunt. Another Brown found his way into this. Um, <laughs> and obviously, you know, these guys all have their own situation going on, whether it's, you know, they may be the starter. One's been a starter. It's not doing so hot. The other one's got a good starter in front of them. So I'm just curious how you guys would shake these ones up. Uh, Bob, you can go ahead and start, of course. Well, if I'm going to put them in order fantasy wise for me um, and I'm going to go carry on Hunt and then Henderson. Um Carry on has proven when he's healthy, he can be a consistent running back. He's been in that 65, 70% range from that standpoint. He's a good RB two value. Now, if they go out and get somebody in the draft because they don't trust him and to stay healthy, that's going to be an issue and that could be a problem. But as of now, carry on's the man, uh, cream hunt. He's an interesting one because what people don't really maybe remember is that when he played in the second half of last year for the Browns, his consistency in a PPR format was 75%. During that same eight games, Nick Chubbs was only 50%. Wow. So he was actually more productive and, and consistent during that second half when they were both on the field. Um, so, you know, I like him as a like an RB3 for sure, definitely as a flex player. Henderson's a crapshoot. I, I just I don't know what to expect. 
Um, you know, the, the thing that kind of bothered me last year is when Gurley did sit out series, some series at a time, um, it was Malcolm Brown most of the time that took the, got the ball and not Daryl Henderson. So until he proves that he can be worthwhile and be used properly, you know, my thought is kind of a one, two punch with maybe Malcolm Brown being the first and second down back and Henderson being the, you know, the Austin Eckler ish kind of guy. Uh, maybe we'll see some more out of it, but they never used him that way last year. And I really thought, you know, a lot of people thought that Henderson was going to be, you know, getting a, had a lot of hype going yeah. into last season and never really panned out. So that's my rankings for the three. Yeah. Yeah. That hype has crashed for sure. And we can't disrespect Eckler and put Henderson <laughs> even in the same conversation. No. <laughs> right. not, not well, yet. I said type. Yeah, no, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Um, I, I'm actually, I don't know. For me, it's like I put Hunt first just because, you, you know, you mentioned the carry on injuries. And I just don't trust it. You know, it's just one of those situations where I'm like, you know, I'd rather have a guy who's the backup and is pretty damn good at it that, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't have the injury issues. Um, but, you know, again, if carry on's healthy and, you know, it's, it's a different case, but we just haven't seen it. Same thing with Henderson. We just haven't seen him live up to the hype that, you know, he's, right. he's been given. But I want to go Hunt, Johnson, Henderson. I'm curious, Josh, where do you break this up at, man? Yeah, so Darrell Henderson, like, I just, I don't believe in it. He, he had a negative fantasy points over expectation in every game he played, including two where he saw 11 touches. So it wasn't just, you know, a two or three touch kind of a fluky outcome. Like he just was not a very efficient player in that Rams backfield. And carry on wasn't much better. And I've also read that the Lions have just been very interested in every running back. <laughs> yeah. They've interviewed a lot of people. That's not so much a real thing, but it just plants a little bit of a seed of doubt. And I think Kareem Hunt is just playing good at football. I mean, Mm -hmm. he 16th in fantasy points over expectation per game. In my mind, getting on the field with Nick Chubb and, and doing something like taking touches from him, competing for work on a level playing field with him is very impressive. So I think Kareem Hunt could, it could be a very good, a very good football player in a, on a team with Stefanski that now wants to run the ball. Yeah. And as as a Browns fan, Bob, um, have, have you heard any more whispers of them trying to trade him or does it seem like he's staying foot? Well, <clears throat> I originally had heard whispers that they were going to try to get something for him, but nobody made an offer. So to be safe though, then they tendered him as a, I think a first or second round tender so that if somebody did try to steal him, they would get at least something out of it, and nobody did. Um, my thought is, is that um, he, you know they'll both be on the field. Um, I don't. I think it makes sense to have both of them. I think it'll help to have both of them. But you know, I think a lot of it depends on if somebody gets hurt and they have a, a dire need. Like you know, let's say you know Jack Conklin, who they just signed, gets hurt. Now they're hurting on the offensive line again. It may be worth trading you know, Kareem Hunt to Washington to get Trent Williams. Um, that I could see. That would make some sense. Right. But at this point, you know, um, yeah, I've always said, I know the Chiefs would never take you back, but I, I really would like to see Kareem Hunt go back to Kansas City. Yeah, we all would like that, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, there was rumors. I had heard things that, you know, from people that up there that I, I know that said, you know, there's rumors that Kareem could get traded. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, you know, because if he gets too popular, you know, then they're going to have to sign him and make give him some money. 
Um, but you know, I, cause I think Chubb's definitely a very good running back. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, but, um, you know, he just wasn't as productive when Hunt was on the field, which is what all of us kind of expected. Yeah. You gotta make sure you trade those damn running backs before you gotta pay them. Snow. Yeah. It's bad business in the NFL these days. Um, yep. all right. The last ranking we have here is Adam Thielen, Devonte Parker, Deontay Johnson. How do we rank these gentlemen? Hmm. I don't mind starting. You can start. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me think about it a little bit. Like, this is tough for me. This is really tough because it feels like it should just be Adam Thielen or you're just being way too cute with it. But, you know, in 2018, on that tear that Adam Thielen had when he was the wide receiver one, 800-yard games in a row, I think it was, uh, you know, Diggs was playing. And he also had some – some big games on that stretch. And so I'm afraid that, you know, like Diggs leaving while, while we want to, we want to think that's more volume. It might just kind of shrink the economy for them, you know? And so I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about what's going on with the Vikings and Adam Thielen getting a little bit older. And so then you have Devonte Parker. He outproduced Thielen last year. On a per-game basis, 15 PPR points per game to Thielen's 11, I believe. And he's younger than Adam Thielen. So that that's hard for me to ignore. And then Deontay Johnson, as a rookie, gave us four wide receiver one weeks on a horrible offense with a terrible quarterback. He, you know, he made something there. Like, that's, that's the same number of wide receiver one weeks as Debo Samuels a lot later in the draft. So I'm, I'm also excited about Deontay. You know, I think I would go Deontay first because he's by far the youngest and he's flashed and then Parker and then Thielen. But I, I don't have a lot of confidence in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bobby, you figured it out yet on your end or you want me to go? I can go too. No, let me, let, okay. I'll, no, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. No, yeah. I hear, I hear, um, I hear you, Josh. As far as uh, Thielen goes, and also, I always like. I know, I know that our, our our quick reaction is always we see a player go away, we assume, you know, the best player on the team is somehow going to get more shares or more opportunities, and they're just going to do better. I also like feel like what about the fact that we he loses Stefan Diggs and like it hurts him. Like teams are going to focus on him more. He, do, I mean, as of right now, he doesn't have anyone opposite of him like Stefan Diggs that you know teams are going to fear like that. Like, you know, Stefan Diggs was an awesome route runner, all these great things. So he definitely took attention and had to be considered every snap. So I almost wonder how much that affects him in a negative way, not just the positive of him being, you know, numero uno, no question about it. Um, and you know how much I love Devontae Parker, Josh. You know I love me some Devontae Parker. So just for the sake of we don't know what's going to happen with this offense, we don't know how the offense is going to look, no Stefan Diggs, coordinators changing, you know, Dalvin Cook, are they going to run him into the ground again, you know, until he breaks in the playoffs? Or are they going to, you know, ease up on him and, you know, spread the ball around? Who knows, right? So I'm going to go Devontae Parker one, Thielen second. Johnson, I-, I like Johnson, and it's hard to, you know, in this group it's almost unfair to him because, like, he's going against two other good guys here. So um, I, I still want to see him simmer some more before I bump him up, and these other guys are just so good. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna put him last. But, yeah, I'm going to go Parker first and get crazy here. I'm not going to – I'm not going to let – Preston Williams return scare me off of Parker right now. <laughs> well, even when Preston Williams was there, Parker was doing very yeah. well and being very consistent. So 
I'm going to take Deontay Johnson out just like you guys did, just because again, not a lot, of, not a big sample size, especially not with a quality quarterback. I think the kid has potential to have some nice games. Um, I think he'll be a very good wide receiver to to Juju, which will help Juju be a better fantasy player. And with everybody healthy, Big Ben and Connor and everything, I think you know Johnson has the potential. I think he's going to be a good value because if you can get him, Deontay as your like wide receiver seven or six. That's a good value. Great best ball value. He'll have some big games, but he's still third. Um, I'm going to present both sides of why Thielen should be first and why Parker should be first. Thielen should be first because I look at it this way. Adam Thielen now becomes Julian Edelman for Kirk Cousins. The guy he's going to rely on, he's, he's never going to have a big game. Again, we're here about consistency, at least from my side of the table. And what I want is the guy that's going to catch six balls, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Doesn't sound great on paper, but that's 18 fantasy points every week. Right. Thielen did that a couple of years ago. Yes, I know Diggs was there, but they also threw to him a lot, and they relied on him a lot. And I think they're going to do that. Now, he missed six games last year. So that's key. That's where Adam Thielen can be the number one out of this group. If he plays like last year and he's half injured and, you know, they're running the ball more and they're using the two tight ends and, you know, he doesn't get, doesn't see it. And then Devontae Parker goes first. Devontae Parker could be first just being like last year, 75% consistent, you know, obviously was just clicking with, you know, Fitzmagic down there in Miami. But the problem you have is, and why he couldn't, he may fall off is one, this is the first time in Devontae Parker's career that the hype train finally caught up with the hype. And, you know, we know every year that Devontae Parker is the best wide receiver in fantasy coming out of training camp and that would die. This year it didn't happen. He stayed there, and that's great. I think he's got the talent. They've got Preston Williams on the other side, which helps him a lot. If Fitzmagic plays long enough, I think Parker becomes the better of these three. The key could be is if the Miami Dolphins are – Oh, and six, and then they've got Tua or whoever they have, Justin Herbert. Then they're going to say, okay, let this kid quarterback the rest of the year, and we're just going to live and die, and that's the way it goes. Right. Um, but Parker certainly, you know, proved he can be a worthy court wide receiver. So if I had to rank them, I'd probably put Thielen first before Parker, but they're both going to be late wide receiver twos. Right. And on your um, consistency guy, didn't Parker rank like eight? Right. Somewhere. Yeah. He's top 10. Yeah. Right? No, he awesome. was. Yeah. He was top 10. I mean, you know, 75%. You know, he definitely had a very unpredictable year for him. I mean, yeah. That's, that's one of those, you know, I get to the end of the year and I start looking at players. I'm like, wait a minute. He was that good. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what just happened? Did, did that really, did that really happen? <laughs> I remember when he was earning weeks after week because I'll run the report every week and do kind of a, you know, who's hot, who's not, you know, who's put up four or five clutch games in a row. And I kept going. That was like five in a row for Parker. Wait a minute, that's six in a row now. That's seven in a row. I'm like, holy cow. But yeah, he was sixth in consistency. Actually, 81%. Sorry, I thought he was 75. Um, but, you know, the other thing was is he was 11th in total points. And that's impressive. I mean, he's top 12. And I don't think a lot of people, I think you could win some drinks at a bar if you said, you know, was Devontae Parker in the top 12 or not the top 12 in fantasy points? I think a lot of people would be like, no. Yeah, for sure. He, he was. Does. So. <laughs> he does people off. 
All right. So that's how we rank them, guys. It sounds like, you know, we kind of, I mean, I, I wonder now, I'm curious what the consensus is out there. If most people will probably put Thielen first, if, um, you know, people believe the hype with us. I think the ADP right now has Thielen ahead of him. Yeah. Um, because I think people are kind of looking at Parker going, yeah, he's one week. Yeah. He's a one wonder. You know, he's never done this. Probably won't do it again. We don't know what to expect of Miami. Um, you know, will they get another running back? Will they rely on Jordan Howard? Um, you know, if Jordan Howard, I th- who I think is a very good running back and I think is a good value right now in fantasy, if Jordan Howard just runs like he's had in the past, they may not throw the ball as much. You right. know, the defense may not be as bad, so they may not be down three touchdowns in the first half. Um, you know, and plus you're playing New England twice who does not have the powerhouse they used to. You know, Buffalo, the Jets, you know, none of these are fantastic offenses. These games might be 21-17 and not 45-42. Yeah. So we'll have to wait. I trust Ryan Fitzpatrick to bring me the the 40-point games. <laughs> yeah, and, and you could count on them because you knew they were going to be down three touchdowns by halftime, <laughs> yeah. if not the end of the first quarter. He will make it happen for us. Well, that's that's right. Fitz, Fitz magic. Fitz magic. Be we'll believe in him. Hey, with Adam, without Adam Gase there, anything could happen. Um, yes. Fine. All right, let's jump over. We have two listener questions that were sent in to us. I want to hit those up because I did promise they I, w- I would get to those. So um, the first one is at Blake Barfield. He's asking, Bob, is he crazy for thinking that Darius Slayton is the next great wide receiver for the New York Giants? Is he crazy? It's not crazy, but I will throw this out. So last year, you know, Slayton did have a very nice season. Um, a lot of it was when um, – uh, Sterling Shepard was down. Um, but you know, he did, you know, like I said, he did have a nice, I'm trying to get to him on the sheet. Um, so, you know, 57% consistent, which is respectable for a rookie, uh, that ranked him 33. So that's top 36. So he's all, you know, and he was 37th in total points, but he missed two games. So let's say if he plays all 16 games, he's a wide receiver three in both consistency and uh, in both total points. The problem is, is that when they're all healthy, what happens? Right. So if we have Shepard and Golden Tate. And by the way, Golden Tate was 82% consistent last year in the 14 games he played. So in my opinion right now, the value in fantasy wise is Tate's got more value. Slayton's got second most value and Shepard who people are still putting up there a little bit too high. They got him at wide receiver 41. They have Slayton at 44. Well, I'm going to take Slayton there because I think Slayton is the better player. And I think Shepard could be on the way out because they've got Tate and Slayton. Um, I don't know if he's a superstar yet, but for a, anytime a rookie gets close to 60% in their first season, that usually means that they have proven production that could help them moving forward. I do like him going forward. If you're in a dynasty league, definitely keep him. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I'm, I'm as excited as he is, but I'm excited about Slayton's future. Yeah, I'm excited too. Is there something in your um, guide? I don't know if I missed it or if, it was, if there's not one yet or anything there, but like, is there anything there for rookies? Like if they hit a certain mark, then it's, you know, you know, we feel really good about them moving forward that we're going to see some jumps. Yes. Okay. So every year in the guide, uh, this year it's on page nine. So okay. if you refer to your guide on page nine, I do an article and a calculation every year called rookies versus consistency. And basically what I've shown is that since 2010, so last 10, 11 years, 
there have been 428 quarterback, wide receiver, running backs, and tight ends drafted in the first four rounds. Okay. Of those 428, only 36 of them, of those, of those four positions, 36 total players exceeded more than a, a 60% consistency rating and played in more than 10 games in a rookie year. That's it. Gotcha. That's less than 10%. So basically, 92% of the rookies drafted did not earn 60% in their initial rookie season. When you look at the list of the ones who did do it at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, what you will see is in every position, not other than the wide receivers, there's a combination of players who continued consistency after their rookie season and didn't. Like a quarterback, you've got Cam Newton, who obviously continued to be pretty consistent. Uh, you know, you have, um, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield, who hasn't been bad. But the other guys are guys like Robert Griffin, Marcus Mariota. Uh, Dak Prescott's been pretty decent. Um, Kyler Murray was last year. We'll see how he continues. But at the wide receiver position, much different story. All of them, after their rookie season, have continued to produce excellent fantasy consistency and value. Here's the list. Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson. All of those guys have continued to be very consistent after their rookie season. Last year's guys who hit 60 or higher were Deville Samuels and Metcalf. But Slayton was only 57%. He wasn't that far off. If he played one more game and earned his clutch game in that one, he would have made the list. So that shows you that the, the wide receivers seem to continue that consistency if they have it in the rookie season and continue to move towards greatness. Slayton's close enough. you got to give him some love. Yeah. Yeah. I did actually look over that. I don't know why I asked if there was there. I, I actually, I remember looking over that. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> I actually but that's what that. I tell people. I tell people, I don't hate rookies. I'm just showing you what the numbers tell you. Right. And the Absolutely. numbers tell you that 92% of the time you better, better be really sure about that rookie. If you're going to draft him in like rounds, the first five rounds of your fantasy draft. Gotcha. You better hope you're getting, you know, um, a guy like Saquon Barkley and not, uh, you know, a, somebody else who didn't perform to that standard. Yeah. Well, there you have it, Blake. Maybe not great, but really good. Maybe yeah, <laughs> we'll start right. there. We'll start there. Let's hope the yeah. break's on great. Um, and the other one we had that I wanted to make sure we got to was uh, at Connor Reese 19. He said this is a trade that he wanted to ask us about. Okay. Um, he got offered Adam Thielen, who we were talking about. Uh, looks like Robbie Anderson and Sony Michelle. And a third. There's a lot of stuff here. Um, for Chubb and... I'm assuming Mike Williams. Should he take it? So wait a minute. So he's getting Chubb and Mike Williams. He got. I said he got offered Thielen, Anderson, Michelle, and a third. I guess he's oh, giving up Chubb. He's getting. He's getting. Oh, he's giving up Chubb. Yeah. No, I can't do that. There's yeah. just no way. Um, you know, Thielen's, like you said, he's getting. You know, older. Sony Michelle hasn't proved that he could be worth anything. And now without Brady there, we don't know what to expect out of that offense. Um. And who was the other guy? Uh, Anderson, Robbie Anderson. Anderson. I mean, he's now in Carolina. Third, <laughs> third wide receiver in Carolina with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. So I don't expect much out of that. You know what you're getting with Chubb. And Mike Williams could, you know, with a different quarterback, he might see some more balls this year, you yeah. know. I mean, Keenan Allen and, and uh, Phillip Rivers are in such a great 
rapport that Mike Williams just never seemed to get enough targets. Maybe he will with Tyrod Taylor there. Who knows? But this is definitely what you're getting with Chubb is just so much better. Yeah. This is one of those trades where people try to overwhelm you with stuff. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's, it's quantity over quality. Yeah. So they're trying to hit you with a bunch of stuff, draft picks, all these things to make you think like, Oh, I'm getting so much back. But in reality, the uh, the effect of these guys is not going to be what you currently have. So, no, um, unless this guy was like sitting there and he's got Zeke and Barkley and <laughs> Christian McCaffrey as his top three running backs, and you know, even that, I don't still yeah, don't think you I can do still it. turn Chubb into something better, probably. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I'm thinking we all would definitely reject this one. All right, cool. So that was the the main listener questions that I wanted to hit. So what we'll do now is we have foul or no foul, and then we'll close the show out. Um, with a little show and tell that we do here, which I didn't prep you for, but we'll give you time when we get there. Okay. Um, so foul or no foul, just really quick for any new listeners who Bob has brought along or who just stumbled across the show. Foul or no foul, I'm going to throw three statements at these guys. They're just stuff I've made up. They're nothing serious. Um, and we're going to see if you agree with the statement. If you agree with it, it's no foul. Um, but if you don't agree with what I'm saying, then there's a foul on the play and you're going to call a foul on it. Um, so the first one is, you know, we keep seeing the doctors and the scientists saying that, you know, still no good, no bueno on large crowds, gatherings, uh, without a vaccine or, you know, anything like that, that it's super dangerous right now. So the NFL will play this season without fans, foul or no foul. Um, I, I disagree. So I'm going to call foul that they they can't do that. I I don't want them to do that. If you're not going to have fans there, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't think I, I, I wouldn't do it. They may still, but I wouldn't. Do you think if you say you wouldn't, do you think there would be no football before fan football, foot fo- fanless football? I think there's, sh- I believe there should be no football without fans. Gotcha. Josh, how do you feel about that, man? You agree with, with Bob here or do you, would you still prefer football even if there's no fans there? I think they might do it. They might do it or it might look very different. And I think they're going to have to do it for the TV contract. It's a tough situation. Tough situation. All I can hope for is that whatever wide receiver the Raiders draft is going to get six feet of separation anyway. Ah! Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, by the way, I, I, I haven't told you. Um, so I'm also a closet Raider fan and have been since the mid-70s. Beautiful. Um, and so, um, I'll have to tell you my stories when I drive for hall of fame weekend here in Canton and I've driven Al Davis and John Madden. What? Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Cool. It was pretty cool. That is awesome. I think everyone's a closet Raider fan. They just don't want to admit it. Yeah. yeah. Josh here is a Raider fan too. He doesn't want to tell anybody. <laughs> we forced him to be one. Um, like having a bad credit. In fact, I was just out in Vegas <laughs> where my daughter, my youngest daughter lives. And uh, one of my other daughter's friends works for the Raiders out there. So I got to go into their like uh, preview place. I couldn't go into the stadium yet because it was still being built. But I got to go into what they call their preview center and got to see like their model. And you can sit in the seats and it shows you how you're going to see the field. And I saw it's really cool, that stadium. I can't wait for it to get done and go out there. He said, anytime I go out, I get, get to go to a game for free. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Bob, you got to hook me up, man. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, well, yeah, we'll meet out there. <laughs> All right. The next one here, um, the Falcons new uniforms have placed them firmly in the number one for ugliest jerseys in the league. Foul or no foul. Do we have any disagreement on this gentleman? No disagreement. It's awful. <laughs> no foul. Across I, the board. They don't bother me that much. Oh, they don't bother me. Josh. Like they're just simple. This guy. I don't know. They look, they, uh, they look like an XFL jersey. I just, you know, I'm surprised they don't have, you know, what was that guy? What was that guy that 
the XFL guy that oh, I can't think. He hate me or something. Yeah, he hate me. <laughs> <laughs> like they should have just the like old school XFL. Names in the back. Yeah, old school <laughs> XFL. Yeah, it's just uh, it's yeah. I mean, and you got to remember as a Browns fan, calling any other jersey <laughs> ugly really is a lot. I mean, it, you know. Cause there's nothing more boring than our jerseys. Yeah, even I, if they're bright, even when they're bright orange, they're still boring. Yeah, this is true. As a Raiders fan, I guess I could be spoiled also. Uh, yeah, we but are. I, I did make a comment on Twitter when these things first came out and this is no shade to Fiverr. I love Fiverr. I've actually used it, but I said, it looks like a Fiverr designer made these jerseys um, <laughs> hit it with five bucks. Hey, design us some jerseys guys. Um, ah, yeah, I don't like them at all, but Hey, you know, it is what it is. Not my Jersey. Um, the last one, you actually mentioned the XFL, but uh, the XFL is, uh, on its last attempt ever of any alternate football league besides the NFL. You guys foul or no foul on that? You think every other, you think every other person's like, we can't do this. This, this is over with. I think there should be a minor league system for the NFL, whether or not they have to go as far as putting it on TV and making a special league out of it and all that crap. I don't know. I don't know if you need to get that ridiculous with it. Um, but I just I just think it would make sense to, you know, like they had the European League for a while, and it was basically guys who weren't making it, but, you know, some good players would come out and, you know, join teams in that. I know they have practice squads and all that crap, but I just feel like you're really going to get the experience playing head-to-head. And even if it's everybody at your level, you know, maybe somebody can stick out. I. I feel like there should be a minor league system. I mean, there is for basketball, there is for baseball. Um, you know, we have the D league, they call it uh, Canton charge, which is the D the, uh, you know, the development league for the Cavs. And, you know, we go to the games, they're fun to watch, you know, they, they do a lot of music and games and stuff. And, you know, so do that with football, you know, make it fun for the fans charge 10 bucks to get in. Uh, I think it would be a good idea. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Like, I I would also like to see a non-college pipeline to the NFL. I think that would really change right. the whole dynamic in a good way. But right. I, yeah, that would be great if that actually started popping up. I guess Arena League was kind of like that. Yeah, they, it was kind of like that. And, you know, I mean, that's where guys, you know, guys like um, you know Kurt Warner and some of those players came out of. So. You know, it was kind of like that, but I, that doesn't exist anymore either, does it? I, I don't think it does. If it does, I haven't seen anything about it. And, you know, right. I think I think the thing that's missing here is, you know, it's kind of like what you you know hinted toward there, Bob, is the NFL really needs to be involved in it themselves. Like right. the, the NBA has, like you mentioned, the G League. You got MLB, who has a real minor league system. And, like, mm-hmm. they're part of the league. Like, it's like mm-hmm. I, I can't understand how the cash cow that the NFL is, and we all know that they're completely money-driven, the fact that – they haven't done this is actually kind of beyond me. I don't even understand what the, you know, the, the reason. only thing I can think of that stops them from that is the injuries and the health care and that kind That's of stuff true. that goes along with it. You know, um, because you put somebody in those situations and you're only, you know, like minor league baseball, they pay them nothing. They travel around, you know, um, but the risk of in serious, serious injury is few and far between. But, you know, if you put these guys and you're going to say, here's our development league and one of these guys gets paralyzed and sues the league, you know, because, well, you know, not enough protection or whatever the case may be, who knows? I mean, so that's maybe why it's shot down. I've I've never really asked. I try to if I run into one of the NFL guys this year, Hall of Fame, I'll ask him. But 
Um, but yeah, it, it, maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. it's just because of the risk of injuries and more risk of injuries, but more players involved that it's just too much risk for them to take on. So yeah. that's the only thing that can make sense, I guess. Um, yeah. All right, cool. So let's go ahead. We're going to jump to show and tell. It's our, it's basically our closing segment of the show. What we do here is um, we just, it's like, like we're back in elementary school. We, we bring something to show or tell about um, any product, podcast, music, books, philosophy, <laughs> advice, literally anything you want. Um, so for instance, I'll start off. We'll let Josh go second and we'll give Bob obviously a chance to think about something if he doesn't have something on his mind here. But um I have a I guess it's a food show and tell, maybe a condiment. Um I don't know if everyone's on this already. I'm assuming a bunch of people are, but I'm late to the party. Um and it's Mike's hot honey. Um again, man, this stuff is so good. I put this on everything. I've tried to find like everything I could possibly put it on at this point. Um, so it's spicy honey? Yeah, it's like I think it's got wow. some kind of pepper, cayenne pepper or okay. something in the honey. Right. So it's like sweet, but it's got this hot kick to it. And like it's amazing. Yeah. Like I've put it on so many foods. I actually get to the point where I take it out and like say I'm making like a sandwich or something. If I I, I forgot to put it on and I'm like so disappointed that I ate the food without it. I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. I just messed this up. Um so yeah, it's that good. Like a hundred percent I'm all aboard of this thing. So Mike's Hot Honey, holler at us for a sponsor, for real, because I'm all in. I'm in love with this stuff. <laughs> um, I, I literally put it on everything. It's not even a joke. It does say, though, like, you know, you could put it on fruit, and I'm like, I don't know about fruit. I don't know if I want to go that far, but it's so good, man. I put it on pizza, sandwiches, everything. Um, so Like, I could see that, like, pouring that, like, you know, like cooking a ham. Yeah. You know, you have honey glazed ham yep. and honey glazing it and then have that soak in. It's that so might good. be a really, you know, really nice, t- nice, nice flavor to add to it. Yeah, it's good. I've replaced like everything with it. Like I don't use barbecue sauce. <laughs> I use that. I like switched everything. Oh, out. yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. So that's my show and tell for the week. Go get your Mike's Hot Honey. This is a free endorsement. I'm not being paid yet. I'll keep trying. Um, right. Josh, you have anything today, sir? Okay, so one thing that I feel like has been really helpful to me lately is just kind of building an hourly routine, you know, with with quarantine life. Right. I'm a stay-at-home teacher now at this point. And so I've got four or five things that I do every single hour, and it has really helped me just pass the time, feel motivated, you know, not just be super bored all the time. So that's... That's my show. So, so when you say hourly routine, you mean you break your day into hours? Yeah. Like okay. I, so I, everything you know, is an we hour. Go, we go do stuff that breaks that routine and that's fine. Like I don't stick to it every single hour, but just at, at home. Every I've hour. Kind of like a few things that I want to do every hour. And it really, it really helps get through the day. That's interesting. Nice. I'm going to have to give it a shot, like an hour of Mike's hot honey. I'll give this a shot. I'll figure out just a way to sit make there, it. Just pour it in your throat. <laughs> just in there drinking it. Oh, that is such a horrible image, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe that'll give me a sponsorship. I might just live stream an hour of me pouring it in my mouth. Um, <laughs> there you go. So, all right. So, we'll try that. We'll see what Josh's hour is working for. Maybe I'll try it and we'll, we'll update this one next week. Um, Bob, so you see what we brought to the table here, I right? Did. You, you, you're, you're, the floor is yours, man. You could show and tell anything you want. Well, we already know about the consistency right. guides. We're going to leave that one out. Where do where, you know that's happened? So I'm going to talk about the other writer in my family. So my oldest daughter, her name is Kayla Morgan. If you go to Amazon, she wrote a book. It's a romantic comedy novel. Uh, it is called Paper Dream without an S. Uh, and she is selling it out there. So if your wife, uh, you, significant other, somebody who just likes reading those kind of books. 
I'm asking you to go out there and buy it off Amazon and put a review if you like it. And she's, I think, sold almost 100 books and people are writing all kinds of nice reviews. I'm not that kind of book reader. So if I read it, I know I would just be bored and I don't, you know, so, um, <laughs> but there's people certainly that would love this book. And a lot of people who don't know her, don't know me are reading it and they're really enjoying it. So I'm promoting as my show and tell my, my daughter, Kayla Morgan's paper dream book. That's awesome. Was she motivated by you doing the guide and stuff or was it something she's always, yeah, done? she kind of was, um, you know, she always, um, she, there was actually something in our school system called power of the pen. I don't know if you have ever heard of that in your school systems, but it literally was writing competitions, um, kind of like speech tournaments, but instead of speaking in front of people, you would be given a prompt and you would write a story and then you were judged. And, and so she made it to like the state finals, like in high school. And, and so she really got into that. And, um, she always wanted to write her own book and story and always had little stories that she wrote, you know, on her own. And, and then she just kind of put it all together and I told her how easy it was to self publish. And so it took her three years to get to it, but she got it done <laughs> and put it out there. And now she's ready to start another one because everybody loved it. And That's they want awesome. to know what the next, what the next part of the series is going to be. And she's like, I didn't have a series involved, but okay. <laughs> you know, so um, so that's my show and tell. That's I mean, awesome. I'm going to put her out there. That's awesome. Yeah, I see it right now on Amazon. Five stars. Everything's looking good. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah. definitely worth a look. See right there, guys. So Paper yeah. Dream on Amazon. I see it here. Look up Paper Dream or, like you say, Kayla Morgan. Either one pulled it up. Yeah, there's actually more than one Kayla Morgan. So you actually have to put both in. There's yeah. actually another author out there named Kayla Morgan. Wow. Same spelling and everything? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kayla, Kayla and Morgan are kind of too Dang common. It. Dang There's it. not a lot of people named Lung. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So that was an awesome share. That's definitely uh, definitely very cool. So that's all we have for the show and tell. I do want to, Bob, um, let the Cloud Dodgers out there know where they can find you on social media and, and the guide and all, all, all the stuff that you want to point them to um, besides your daughter's book. Um, where can they find that content and that stuff and you? All right. So obviously on Twitter, Bob underscore Lung is the best place. Uh, if you want a hard copy of the book, which everybody seems to, not a lot of people are into the Kindle or PDF version, that's fine. Uh, go to Amazon, search under Fantasy Football Consistency, because if you search under Bob Lung, it'll say, did you mean Bob Lung? And you didn't. <laughs> so just do Fantasy Football Consistency. It's very easy. And that one always pops up, the book. So uh, look for that. The neat thing is once you buy the book, there will be a code at the bottom of each page. That code will allow you the ability for only $10 for the entire season to come to the website, get the VIP status, you get all the articles, access to the uh, consistency report where you can put in your scoring method and find out who the most consistent players are in your league and your scoring. Uh, you'll have the prop bet consistency tool. You'll have the cash you know, DFS tools, all kinds of cool stuff that you can use all season based on the consistency model. And you can find all of that there at bigguyfantasysports.com. And guys, once again, thank you so much for having me on. Of course. That sounds like an awesome deal. So that's definitely something worth checking out. Um, and uh, again, it's, uh, on Twitter is what again? Bob underscore Lung. Bob right? underscore Lung. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Josh can be found at? At JC Crocker on Twitter. Perfect. You can follow me at Clock Dodgers, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Like, like you know, it's important to follow us, guys, right? It's like a community. You send questions. Yep. 
it, you know, obviously we don't just have to discuss fantasy football. You can talk about anything. We'll answer it. So hit us with questions, hit us up on there, whatever it is. Just don't bother Bob. He's not going to fight with you either. So um, don't waste your time. He's not going to fight with you. He you can bother me you. all you want. <laughs> you can bother <laughs> me. all kinds of questions. <laughs> <laughs> just don't try to argue because you're not going to get response. Like you will from Josh. Josh will antagonize you and be inconsistent as always. <laughs> Um, if you, if you haven't already slap the subscribe button, drop us a five-star review. If you feel so, you know, you might not like us that much. That's fine too. Um, but thank you, you know, for those with the unwavering support, um, we couldn't do this without you for sure. I, you know, with the reviews, Josh is a hot button topic. You know, they, they slam us sometimes because of Josh It's understandable. So hit us with something that, you know, you recommend for Josh It's fine, but, uh, give us five stars. Forget it. Um, other than that, uh, Bob, anything else before we drop this out? No, man. Thank you again. And uh, obviously keep listening, keep reading and uh, keep praying that we get football season back. Absolutely. With fans, with fans, with fans, with fans, please. (laughs) Other than that, guys, as always, be kind, be great. Keep diving.